Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We screwed it up. It's yes, the best thing did. ever. And by yes, and by did. we, we mean you. We mean Mark. Yeah, this a hundred percent. It was totally me. Mark. Okay, I, I screwed it up. All right. the newly revamped uh, uh, Geekly Roundup, which is all just um, actually gladiatorial combat to the death. Right? That would be wonderful. Can we do that? Are we legally allowed? To this is podcasting. <laughs> I don't see oh, wait, why not. On. Let me add some. Let me add some fighting yeah. sound effects. Uh, <laughs> That's, Man. that's not so much fighting sound effects as just sort of like hand clapping. <laughs> what? No, I didn't make that with my hands. That... I was punching people in the face <laughs> with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> you can see we've got a long, bright future in the yes, podcast business, folks. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for those of you who've never tuned in to Geekly Roundup, this is a weekly podcast where we discuss the biggest news and events of the week that we didn't bother to cover on the main site. Um, so, one staff member each uh, will take a article or um, topic and discuss it with the rest of the group. Um, who, I'm Mike Fadum. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Ace of Geeks. Uh, who else have we got here today? Hello, I'm Joe Hadsel. I'm the features editor of the Joplin Globe. Wow. Okay. I'm Mark Fu, and I'm here. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good title. And I noticed something, by I, the I way. I need a title. Um, what title do I, I, I need a title? Uh, we, should give, we should give you a title. Um, we've gotten... Okay, let's see. Stephanie is the Empress of Events, and... Um, Ben was the Napoleon of news, but he doesn't do news articles anymore, so I might fire him from that position and give him a more ah, fitting title. A coup. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mark might have to be um, the Putin of podcasting. Yeah. The, uh... Is it, sorry, were you saying Putin there? No, no, Putin. With the correct Putin. accent? Or... <laughs> no, no, no. Putin, you're the Vladimir Putin of podcasting. <laughs> I'd actually rather be yeah. the Putin. <laughs> Everybody loves poutine. That that is true. <laughs> Everybody like that. Is, yeah, yeah. You ever heard anybody say you you like poutine? Nah, I don't know. Like no poutine. Everybody like poutine. <laughs> oh man, we just uh, we ruined okay. the whole podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, it's all right. It's already. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the weekly Shrek quotes podcast. Uh, today we'll be discussing onions. Mm, onions. <laughs> onions. All right. Uh, so. Since we're all wrapped up and ready to go, uh, Joe, yes. you're very excited. I about am your very topic. excited. Yes, yes. I, you know, this. and I'm okay. Yeah, and I'm first off, I'm prepared to get made fun of because I understand <laughs> that this is a subject that is going to identify me as a certain kind of person 
who is probably <laughs> deserving of, you, of, s- of some scorn and ridicule. Uh, that being said, I am so... If we're going to make fun of you, can we start with your Skype profile picture? Because you look like a low-rent Vegas magician. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I am a low-rent Vegas magician. Uh, the, uh, oh, yes. oh, well, there we go. I, I turn more <laughs> tricks than insert your favorite hooker joke here. Anyway, the... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, one of the, one of the other things I'm really excited about is uh, next week I should be getting my review copy of a new phone uh, that has generated some interest and a lot more conversation about what the hell is going on. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, here's my confection. Uh, I I love BlackBerry. Yes, my confection. confection. I, I, it's not quite a confession. Sugary. It is sugary. But yes, <laughs> uh, I am so sweet. I am one of the few people still using a BlackBerry phone. In fact, right in front of me is my BlackBerry Classic. I love this phone. Uh, I love the product line. And this week, uh, the BlackBerry Priv. This podcast brought to you by exactly. Oh man, so, I wish. You're the one. I wish. Yeah, I'm. I'm the. I'm the guy. I'm the guy keeping them. Let, let me tell you when. Um, I used to work for GameSpot. Um, we had this. I had this job where um, you know my job was to wander the floor of E3, um, and we would uh, um, have to interact with the fans. Um, and to like you know, I was they would tell me what games to cover and stuff like that. And um, the first year they uh, uh, had us run all the fan interaction off of our own phones, which was fine and glorious. The second year they gave us work Blackberries to run the phone off of, and I almost chucked wow. it across the convention center to see if anyone would want it. Oh wow! <laughs> it yeah, it's the worst wow. experience I've ever had. With what a phone. kind? Which Blackberry was it? <laughs> a small one with tiny, tiny. And <laughs> oh man! That the it was well. I mean, there, there's been incredible improvements to the OS lately. It runs. It has a shell of Android in here, and that's actually what makes this new one so intriguing. Uh, it's called the BlackBerry Priv. Yes, the Priv. It's the Priv. worst name. I love BlackBerry, but that is the worst name ever. It's supposed to be short for privacy and privilege. It's short for privy. It's short for yeah, a toilet. That, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm worried about. But yeah, but how do you... Uh, but yeah, it's it's a terrible name. But anyway, the BlackBerry that's Priv go over like a lead is a full Android-powered device, which was kind of a break from what BlackBerry has traditionally done before. Usually they've handled their own software, and lately with BlackBerry 10, they've incorporated an Android shell. So on my Classic, I can run just about any Android program out there. Uh, what makes the Priv unique is that it's run, it is powered <laughs> fully by Android Lollipop. And so this is basically an Android phone running a BlackBerry interface. Uh, the One of the reasons I'm still using BlackBerry is because of what's called the Hub. It is an advanced notification center that... Uh, that handles so much more than a typical drop down from the screen. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful. The battery of life is supposed to be great, and this phone ha- is a slider. It comes with a full keyboard, so you'll have the an about five inch screen with the ability to slide out a keyboard so you can peck away to your heart's content or you can keep using the on-screen keyboard. Me, I am absolutely fascinated by this device. I get my review copy next week. I can't wait to dive into it. But I've already been reading some reviews out there, and oh, man, it's not good. There are uh, there are some scary things that people have been reviewing about this new BlackBerry phone, uh, including issues with uh, the software not running like it should. That's a big freaking deal. That does seem like a bad thing. Yeah, yes. yeah that seems like how you, the, the, that seems like the thing you'd want to do, right? Getting the software to work the way it's supposed exactly, to. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, part of the selling points of the phone involve uh, advanced security features. Uh, not oh dear, exactly. Yeah, it, it's. 
not in some of the reviews I've read. It's what not exactly clear whether those are working. Uh, one review <laughs> in particular, the dude went to known terrible sites. Uh, that's probably a euphemism for porn sites. But he he went to a bunch of those sites. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, if you're listening to this, that weird break is me getting booted from the call. Um, so if everybody could just say something to notify Jonathan where we are in the edit right now. Okay. Hello. Hey, Jonathan. We're so sorry. This. We're so, so sorry. That's yes. Okay. Go back to what you were saying, Joe. Okay, to continue my train of thought. Sorry. The, yeah, one reviewer went to, uh, tested the security by going to known dangerous sites. And I think that's a euphemism for porn sites. But he, <laughs> he deliberately went to those sites and really couldn't tell if the security features were working like they should. Huh. So, I, yeah, there's a lot to see. Um, I, I don't know what to think. Well, I'm going to get my review phone next week. I want to love it already just because I love BlackBerry so much. But the things I've read make me really concerned that this is going to be a whiff and this is going to help one of my favorite phone makers of all time die uh, head toward the grave. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, everybody's said that BlackBerry's been dead before and they've survived. However, uh, the uh, the president of the company now, John Chen, he has specifically stated that as long as the devices are making money, BlackBerry will remain in the device business. Well, here's the problem. Show me, <laughs> show me Android devices that have been making money regularly that aren't a Samsung Galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the issue that I see. There's uh, not a lot of success stories when it comes to Android products uh, just knocking it out of the park. Uh, well, and even- also, BlackBerry is just kind of it's, – it's one of those brand names that just has this stigma to it now. Like you don't people, – people going, oh, I want to buy a BlackBerry because they, they sound like they're from 1982. Exactly. Uh, like, you know, yeah. or, you know I don't, there weren't Blackberries in 1982, but you know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I remember Marty McFly in Back to the Future using his Blackberry. That was he great. may have eaten some Blackberries, yeah. and that's why I was confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it sounds kind of, as much as I would love it because of that, it sounds kind of dorky to say you own a Blackberry now. Kind of like saying, oh, I own a pager. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah. I, you know, usually they're business funds, I, right? I can, that's that's the thing that really did it. They were like they had this huge business market, and then they had some troubles with making products that. Uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this joke, but uh, made a bunch yes, of I products that were good people. but not great, and then some that were just like this is going to save our company that hit like lead balloons. Yeah, yeah pretty much. never the, uh, anything... When your company's in dire straits and you say this product is going to save our company, that product will always fail. Except for Final yeah, Fantasy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But no, they thought that product was going to kill their company and it succeeded wildly. So yeah. the lesson to be learned here Try is to always kill your company. products will kill your company. <laughs> Make a product yeah, that will kill your company. Yeah. Actually... Now that I think about it, though, that's not the worst philosophy because the products that will kill your company are usually either spectacularly bad ideas or spectacularly ambitious ideas. So if you've got to shoot for the fences, you might as well, you know, go for everything. And yeah, gonna, the company's going to tank anyway. Yeah, you you could view uh, the BlackBerry Priv in that uh, department because uh, leaping completely onto an Android-powered system is is a departure 
from what has uh, from what BlackBerry has done before. Yeah, like you said, this we the Blackberries were very popular, especially uh, and they're still used in the U.S. government because of their security. Uh, they were co- communication devices primarily, mm-hmm. uh, viewed as business class devices. Then a little thing called the iPhone came out, mm-hmm. and the iPhone emphasized an entertainment uh, lifestyle. And BlackBerry never really took iPhone as a serious competitor until it was Whoops. too late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now that you know, they so the uh, the software development process for BlackBerry was much more difficult to work with than it was with iOS. And then Android comes along, and oh, hey, that's open source. Uh, you know that that just drove nails further into the coffin at the time. Uh, BlackBerry responded with a terrible touchscreen device called the Storm. Uh, which was based on a cool name. Didn't name it yeah. after a bathroom. It wasn't a priv. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and then you know, I you people who have been using it can recognize uh, BlackBerry 10 as probably the best operating system that BlackBerry's had for a while. But the big one of the biggest issues that BlackBerry has is people don't want to use, stop using their old bold 9900s. The uh, running this that terrible old system. They huh. they loved the experience of that uh, of that little communication device and just didn't want to give it up, knowing that it could never get on Instagram. They were <laughs> they were content to keep texting and emailing. Um, so you know, I thought what BlackBerry did with ten and particularly with the Classic, which is the phone I had, is was a great compromise. I mean, this is an outstanding phone for for an incredible price. Uh, so, so it sounds like yeah. the problem they're running into is that their their core audience is very set in their ways and they have no way to penetrate a new audience. You can say yeah. they're squares. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> yeah, are. They're lame Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty they're, much, yeah. They're the suits, man. Hey, they're, they're holding us down, man, with the Blackberry phones. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But no, the uh, I um, I am always excited to review new BlackBerry products. Uh, also, in the future, you are the a, only person. In the I, I, I guess so. Yeah, apparently, I would like to. I, I really would like to do like a poll and see what percentage of the like the universe would say the phrase. I am very, always very excited to review BlackBerry. Oh god, phones. I can tell you the results of that now. The results would be me. That's it. <laughs> me. I'm sure I, there's now, another granted, person. There is a. There, yeah, there is actually a dedicated hardcore following out there. Uh, we go to sites like Crackberry dot com and commiserate and oh my god, and, talk. and we also share, right a, you know, we also share a, a, an air of superiority because we realize that not everybody is smart enough to use a BlackBerry. So uh, anyway, it's yeah, the I uh, I don't know what is going to happen when I get my hands on the priv. Which is still God a terrible name. Oh just, man! Oh, I, just, actually, I don't know what's going to happen when I finally get my hands on the priv. Yeah, I, it sounds like I'm talking. It sounds like I'm talking about a Hunger Games character. Does the does the priv come with a free boudet? Because oh god, it should. It should, um, so but... I'm actually I'm very surprised and impressed. I went to Crackberry.com and I did not find what I was expecting, which was an Angel Fire site. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Hurtful. Have you guys seen the Space Jam website? Yes, it's it on, is still the Space on Jam time. website is still up from 1990 whatever, <laughs> and it is a glorious time capsule of websites from back in the day. It's got MIDI music and gifs with only three frames, and like, <laughs> oh my god, it's wonderful! It's beautiful. My god, it's full of yes. Something. I mean, you know, the the the, uh, the size of the image is 
a little lacking. Maybe maybe some more DPIs <laughs> could have been expended. But you know, we were on dial-up probably. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Wait, I are was... we? Are you still talking about Space Jam or BlackBerry? <laughs> <laughs> no, Crackberry looks lovely. It doesn't look like a priv at all. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. The, uh... Oh, God. Every now and then my phone, speaking of dialogue, every now and then my phone on mobile takes a while to load an image, and I get that, like, one line at a time from oh, back gosh, in the day. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, I remember what this was like. I thought I thought we'd gotten past this, guys. No, yeah, yeah. Also, why are we loading the top of the image first? The interesting things are never at the top of the image. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking if you get a first. notification, you'll hear, you've got mail. <laughs> I have to admit that this priv actually looks kind of attractive. It, it, it's it's a doesn't it it's a decent yeah. looking device. I mean, it's weird to me that it, it has a keyboard, but apparently that's what the uh, not the kids. What's the opposite of the kids? The old want uh, these days. The cool people. Yeah. You know this this the, the closest thing I can describe I can compare this phone to is a very nice briefcase. It looks very much like a very nice business mm-hmm. briefcase, like the sort that a gentleman would buy because he was going on important business things and wanted a a briefcase to carry with him. That, yeah, I, it's big enough; it could probably hold some actual files. <laughs> I mean, it's oh a, yeah, it's thing, five point four three. It looks inches. like a brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the well, uh, you know, there aren't gl- enough phones that you can murder someone with these days. <laughs> what, else, what else are you going to use on those long, lonely nights on the Orient Express? Uh, murdered point. with a priv. <laughs> Murdered in the priv with a priv. Oh, worst game of Clue ever! He got, oh man, he oh. got privved. Wow, just like in jail. Oh god, I really hope that Shift becomes a priv. There's some huge problem with this phone. I hope that's how the users on Crackberry start. You like turn it into a verb. Like, oh man, you totally privved that. Uh, yeah, the uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see what the forum says, especially when more of those get out. Um, but uh, but the uh, yeah I, this will probably uh, this will probably go the way of the BlackBerry Passport, which was another curious device uh, in that you know only a few will use it and it'll never make its way to retail stores. It'll be an online exclusive and <laughs> that'll be the last we hear about. I'm it. looking that up. I mean, now. if you go it, yeah, if you go into a re- retail store, about the only BlackBerry you could find is a classic. Um, the Passport is still like for sale oh, virtually yeah. only on internet sites. So I actually uh, saw one of those in a store one time. Oh yeah? Yeah. Would you would you think of that little laptop? I um well so what basically <laughs> happened was I walked in and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I walked over and I go, huh. It's a it's a Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you left and found something else. Yeah. Now that passport has a great feature, the uh, the uh keyboard buttons also act as a capacitive device. If you sweep your finger up and down the keyboard, you can scroll the screen. You can also go side to side. It's a fantastic uh, little feature. Um, but that key, whenever I tested that, it was kind of awkward to hold. Yeah. Uh, the um, And it also, because it had just a three-row keyboard and not the traditional BlackBerry keyboard, uh, number keys would appear on screen. Punctuation would appear on screen. So that sounds fantastically I, it, too complicated. It, it, well, it, it it was a little bit jarring. You know, you get used to the press of buttons. Uh, you get used to how you, you uh, get uh, your punctuation marks, and then the black uh, the passport just kind of changed it up, messed it up, and kind of a it it it, uh, it limited my flow. I could not write <laughs> like I wanted to write. I mean, I've, I've really, pounded out yeah. editorials on my keyboard here, on my BlackBerry uh, Classic. 
this thing, uh, yeah, this keyboard is incredible. It, it, I mean, really, if I've been able to use swiping on Android devices to go pretty fast as far as text entry goes. I like swiping a lot. Uh, the Apple devices I've used, uh, just text entry is frustrating. The uh, the spell checker never really works like you want, and uh, whenever I used Apple, they didn't have the uh, the uh, lo- lo- the letters on the screen switching to lowercase. So, so as far as writing, I've my best experiences have always come on BlackBerry devices. So. So the my worry with the Priv is that because of a slider, that thing is going to be way too top heavy, and my thumbs are going to be busy kind of acting as a uh, a limit on the fulcrum, you know, pressing down too hard just to make sure the thing doesn't flop over in my lap. I'm worried I'm going to break it, and AT and T is going to be mad at me. So, <laughs> all right, well, that's our that's our review of before we've actually gotten our hands on it of the BlackBerry Priv, everyone. Oh no, uh, hey, hey, I was just talking for 20 minutes about the pre-review. When we get to the review, <laughs> oh, two-hour fantastic or uh, yeah. So, uh, Joe, we're going to not need your services anymore. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) why couldn't you call me with that? (laughs) I can't call you. You have a blackberry. You can't call me. It takes phone calls. It's a working phone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, moving from, uh, news from 1997 to news from a few days ago, um, (laughs) uh, BlizzCon is this weekend. It's going on right now. Um, and uh, the uh, the big deal that's been coming out over the last um, couple of actually over the last day is that they finally finally announced some details on uh, their new first person shooter Overwatch, uh, which is one of the games I'm most excited to try out. Um, the big news that's coming out is a that the game will be available on consoles, but b um, to the surprise of everyone, it's not a free to play game. Uh, Blizzard is going to charge you between forty to sixty dollars, depending on what edition you buy, and you get all everything that they've advertised for the game so far for that price. So all twenty-one heroes and all the maps, um, which is great. That actually is really really cool. Yeah, I would prefer um, to see it that way. Yeah, uh, the thing that's causing people to howl, howl and tear at their hair is that Blizzard keeps saying things like, "For your sixty dollars, you'll get all currently released heroes." Right. Which everyone's like, so are you going to then release extra heroes? Am I going to have to pay for those? And yeah, the forums are kind of kind of in a riot right now. Um, I think what's probably happening is that Blizzard has no idea what's going on. Probably. Um, They're that, covering they, their they, bases. They've spent all of their time defend, dis- developing these 21 heroes and these five maps and two game modes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And are um, now... Like, they're about to release next spring, and they haven't really thought about DLC or additional heroes or things like that. Um, I'm guessing they weren't expecting the, f- the fans to immediately start saying, well, if I'm spending $60 in the game, all future updates must be free. Which I'm like, that's yeah. not how that works, guys. Have you been in the video game industry at all? Yeah. Ever? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. The, uh, yeah. Well, you, you would think that they would take some of what they have learned collectively from World of Warcraft. Yeah. And this is also a company that is uh, attached to Activision, yeah. which is behind a little game that a couple of people play called Destiny, uh, which successfully in, integrated some microtransactions. So, yeah. the uh, yeah, the mystery of what is coming, I can see how they'd be a big-time cause for concern. I I would imagine that they have plans, and they know roughly what they're going to do, because it doesn't really seem like 
Blizzard is in a position where they are going to be freewheeling and just do whatever the hell they well, want. Well, my guess is... My guess is, having worked in, in tech companies for a while now, they have the beginnings of a plan, but they've been so focused oh, sure. on getting this one thing done that they haven't really thought about it beyond a bunch of meetings where they write things on the whiteboard and say, DLC, mm-hmm. question mark, microtransactions, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But yeah. at the same time, the, right, you're dealing with, like, so they've made Warcraft, uh, and they know what the internet is like like they know how people are going to react to every little piece of everything especially from blizzard right yeah they have to be expecting that they're going to get anything they say just torn over and pulled apart to find out every nugget of information and speculated on they they it was amazing to see that so they announced three new characters uh this week which are all sound really cool and i'll go into them in a second but the um uh they had tiny like teasers of the characters in the game like you know they had like a blog post for one character and like you know a the a shadowy image of another and <laughs> players had figured out exactly what kind of characters they were and how they would play down to almost predicting their move sets exactly <laughs> like right. before they announced exactly the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we, we video game fans are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. And well, that's one of the intriguing things about uh, Overwatch is that it is a new twist on a traditional game type uh, from what I've read. And yeah. from what I've seen, it looks like a, uh, a mo- an MOBA iteration of a first-person shooter, uh, which basically if you're looking at characters that can get up their skill trees – Pretty quickly, you know, whereas in Borderlands, I'm still trying to get my guy up to you know, <laughs> level 70, and it's been years. So, yeah, Jesus, I know it's possible. Uh, in a MOBA, you can get your character up to full strength uh, within the span of a session. Well, and actually, uh, in so, Overwatch, there's not even um, leveling up. Uh, so, in the traditional MOBA, like here's the story really? of League of Legends, you have yeah. to level up and get all your skills. In Overwatch, you don't. You don't. You start with everything. You can actually change heroes mid match, which I think is really exciting. Really. Uh, hmm. So, like, if you're, um, you know, if you're playing as uh, um, a like fast attack character and your tank, your team is getting completely spanked by the other team. You can switch out, say Tracer, and go right into Reinhardt and stop drop, start dropping shields immediately, um, okay. with no uh, no penalty other than like respawning real quick, um, hmm. which is really interesting and a mechanic that I haven't seen a lot that I'm really excited about. Um, which I think you could do it in Team Fortress Two, which is what this game is taking a lot of cues hmm. from. But yeah, <laughs> you know, well, Team Fortress Two had like five heroes, and this has like. 21. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The uh, it, what, what seems most intriguing about it is that how how many of the strategies that you pick up from Heroes of the Storm or League of Legends, how many of those translate whenever your field of vision is what's right in front of you? I mean, yeah. it's not a top down thing. So, uh, so yeah, the uh, I I'm, I'm I'm very interested to see how that happens. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of streams of, of gameplay, and they've got a lot of cool mechanics in place to sort of help with these strategize. Like mm-hmm. if your character sees an enemy teleporter, even if you, the player, don't see it, your character calls out, like, enemy teleporter over here! Um, so, like, you have an idea. And, like, there's a lot of characters with vision-granting powers, so, like, Hanzo, the, uh, samurai archer, um, uh, has a, um, arrow that he can fire that 
creates a, uh, a bubble of space that lets you see enemies even if they're through walls, which I've seen oh, a wow. lot of streamers using, like, they'll pop out and shoot it across the whole map, and then you see, oh, the enemies are clustered over here. Let's fire all of our ults yeah. right now. Yeah, see, <laughs> huh. yeah that, that sounds fantastic. That sounds yeah. like there's, a, I mean, it, it really adds a, a lot of gameplay dimensions uh, whenever intelligence becomes one of the primary things that you have to get about yeah. your uh, opposition. So is this, do we think this is more like uh, Team Fortress then in that regard? It's it's basically going to be built more on that model just using MOBA elements? I think that it's going to end up being closer to Team Fortress, but it's very much its own thing. Um, it's It's got, you know, the Team Fortress game type. So, like, you're pushing a payload, you're capturing zones, um, and it's definitely got the fast-paced action of a Team Fortress game. But because of the um, incredible amount of characters involved in it, it's also got this balance aspect to it that's... Uh, it, frankly, it's really amazing to me that in the beta, the beta's been out for, like, uh, you know, a week now, and I haven't heard any one character become the OP character of hmm. choice so far. Like, a lot of people are complaining about Tracer, but that's just because Tracer's fucking awesome, and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she's a small British Air Force pilot who can teleport and drop bombs on your back and rewind time. Of course she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, but I mean, it's a, that I'm really impl- impressed... And I'm sure once the game is more than just, you know, 100 beta testers and the full force of gaming comes down, someone will find a strategy that's just utterly unbeatable. But yeah, um, it hasn't been found yet, and that pleases me. <laughs> that's cool. That is that's, pretty yeah. good, yeah, all things considered. Because usually yeah. the people who get into those initial things are the people who are really uh, insane, let's say. Yes, <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... Um, Blood of blood, what was I going to say? Um, and so they, they did announce three new characters at BlizzCon, and all three of them sound very interesting. Uh, one of them is kind of hilariously uh, patting themselves on the back. Uh, so her name is, um, okay, what's her Diva. Uh, but her background oh, yes. is that she's a former pro StarCraft II player <laughs> <laughs> from South Korea. <laughs> I saw that. She, she, she's really good at StarCraft, somehow ended up being a... Uh, crazy warrior person yeah. wow yeah that's 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 more meta than meta that's, yeah it's that's hilarious amazing. they uh so the um uh her background i guess is that um south korea was invaded by this giant robot monster and uh so they started putting uh professional gamers in mech suits and having them fight to defend their homeland because hmm. they only only they had the twitch reflexes necessary to win the battles <laughs> so that does make sense yeah, yeah, worked for Ernest Klein's Armada. Why not? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, the, one of the characters Armada. that uh, I have seen that's particularly interesting, I forget the character's name, but apparently two people can play the same character. It's like that's a two headed monster. The storm. I then, yeah. <laughs> well done. I get them confused. But that was really cool, too. I think that's really awesome. It's a, a new character for Heroes of the Storm, which is Blizzard's actual MOBA, uh, yeah. called, um, I can't remember what he's called, but he's a two headed ogre. Yeah, Chogol and, uh, or something that's like weird. that. Yeah. And one player controls his long range attacks and movement, and the other player controls his mid range attacks. And, like, if you fire off the ultimate, which is he, he rolls this massive bomb forward, like, one yeah. player fires it, and the other player controls when it detonates. So gotcha. you have to be constantly like in communication with the other player. Apparently, it's a really good way to teach new players how to play MOBAs uh, because you kind of get to piggyback off of something. Huh. You know, that that sets up some terrifying uh, flashbacks for me because I remember as a kid trying to share yeah. the game Robotron. 
<laughs> where I would fire and my buddy would move and my buddy would move in the, the worst positions all ever. The time. <laughs> exactly. I'd have to try to always I could I always had to clear the path to whatever weird way he was going and I never could keep up and then would get swarmed and then I would cry and mom would take me out of Chuck E. Cheese and yell at me for crying <laughs> over a video game. It was, it, it, yeah. I they, so using chill goal. I don't know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. I yeah, too many flashbacks. <laughs> I didn't expect this to turn into therapy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Neither well, did I. Remember when, remember when Chuck E. Cheese was a happy place and not the bastion of sadness it is now? Oh man! I walked yeah. into one recently. They still have like, them. I, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, they oh, do. Well, they're all over the country. I had no idea. I, I, the, the mm-hmm. thing is, most places that are like arcades or places that are like geared towards children. I mm-hmm. feel okay walking into. I walked into a Chuck E. Cheese and I was like, "Nope, I'm a child molester. I'm leaving." Yeah, <laughs> like much. instantly. I mean, like really? everyone in the room was like an adult in Chuck E. Cheese by himself, and I was like, "No, I'm going to go." I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm very yeah. sorry. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was that was the correct decision. That's, yeah, that was. That's so weird. You, you did well. You succeeded. I don't. I don't think we have Chuck E. Cheese. Um, the last yeah. time I remember, the, the thing I remember about Chuck E. Cheese, and this will let you know how long ago this was, was. Um, we were once at a Chuck E. Cheese for somebody's birthday party, and while we were there, a WWF event started playing over the closed circuit pay-per-view. Holy <laughs> shit! It may have been like like wow. WrestleMania three, three or something. <laughs> wow! <laughs> God damn, son! How old oh, are you, man? I can only imagine watching Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. T box in Chuck E. Cheese. That, that would be the be... greatest thing. Oh, I wish wow. I had a time machine now. That's getting added to my time yeah. machine tour. No doubt. Yeah. When, ti- when time machines get developed, I have like three or four stops that I have to make, like seeing Queen play in Wembley Stadium, and like <laughs> yeah. now seeing WrestleMania three in a Chuck E. Cheese's. Yes, yeah. there you go. WrestleMania yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> the man, how how cool would it have been if they had like, if they like dressed up those animatronic robots as Rowdy Roddy Not. Piper? And- <laughs> it would have been horrifying. <laughs> yes. been terrifying so, uh, horrifyingly awesome there's a uh, uh, restaurant um, not a restaurant sorry I was stuck on Chuck E. Cheese's there's a museum uh, near here um, it's a uh, called Rancho Obi-Wan and it's the largest c- private collection of Star Wars merchandise in the world and he has the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic uh, cantina band in his, his wow. garage and it still works and it's amazing oh, wow <laughs> You can actually that, see that on our YouTube channel because I saw I shot a video while we were there. I am going to that right now. <laughs> I have to see this. Man, that's incredible. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, maybe not. I, I'll wait until after. That's probably a good because, idea. Yeah, so I will probably be stunned into silence. Watching my five minute video. Yeah, all you'll hear are the drops of drool hitting my desk. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. But no, the uh, you know back to Overwatch. One one of the things that really kind of uh, makes me curious is if this will start a trend of first person MOBA games. Uh, there's already another one under development uh, called Battleborn, yep. and uh, they pushed their release date back from February 2016 to May. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I understand, there's been some technical issues. Uh, some of those have been fixed. Uh, I understand there's a certain test going on today that I may or may not know about, but you know. <laughs> um, well, but the uh, it's almost uh, as if I hear the sound of a non 
closure agreement? You, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not allowed to tell you that. Anyway, <laughs> but the uh, the so in you know whenever Overwatch comes out, there will be a competitor on its heels, and this competitor is uh, by Gearbox and 2K Games which knows something about how to make a compelling first-person shooter. They're the ones behind the Borderlands uh, franchise. So the uh, it, it'll be real interesting to see what sticks. Um, but, you know, like you were saying about the people who are able to just look at a character and instantly tell what the attacks are, you can do that with Battleborn. You can, you know, just by looking at the characters that are on the site <laughs> now and watching the video demos, you can be, oh, yeah, there's your sniper guy. There's your long range. Oh, yeah, there's your robot. Okay, I know what's going to happen there. So uh, the um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what sticks. Uh, so is that testament to the quality of the character designs, or is that just an indictment of how uh, formulaic these games are becoming now? They, I probably a little is the answer bit of yes. Both. The answer I, is yes to I, that. Yes, I think the answer is yes. So because if you know for that kind of game, you know people get good at certain roles, mm-hmm. um, and whenever you have, uh, you know, people want to know what kind, uh, you know, what kind of character is going to best suit my play style. Um, whereas, you know, in a more full game like Destiny, you'll be able to kind of twist your character into whatever playing style. There's not really a yeah. It doesn't really, you know, the characters don't really lend themselves to, oh, this is your sniper character. Oh, yeah, this is your charge character. But um, but with this, it's all about the, it's all about the supers. It's all about your ults and uh, the the kinds of ults that you enjoy using. You're looking for the characters who can provide that. So uh, in a way, I think the design is led toward helping players easily identify a character that they can start using successfully. Yeah, I think so. That I being mean, said. The, the reason that the playstyles of all of these characters are so um, obvious is because that helps you immediately jump in. Like, if you see hmm. somebody who's dressed in a, in a parka and holding a cold gun, like May, the second character they revealed, um, yeah, you know immediately, like, okay, that's going to be a debuffer and, like, um, you know, a support character. Uh, so let me just jump in and try her playing her out that way, as opposed to being like... Cause, like, say, you know, you were playing a game like Overwatch and all the characters looked like Destiny heroes. You'd be like, well, those guys look amazing, but I don't know what they do. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. In, yeah, in Destiny, I still have a Warlock that hasn't unlocked all the Stormcrawler abilities yet. Huh. It's, I, I, you know, I have a Titan that's just unused and unloved. He's he's a pack mule. I just use his uh, inventory to hold things. <laughs> Uh, the uh, that's all he is you know he's a poor level 33 light level 190 something he's he's a gimp he, he's <laughs> nothing but a gimp which you know if i just worked on him and got his sunbreaker i could use him to throw beautiful hammers across the screen but i just don't care no so yeah i have yeah, I no have idea t- what that meant Oh, sorry. I geeked out on Destiny. I, I, I have no time to play more than one character in a game right now. I keep trying to. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, no, I just don't. Uh, although with Overwatch, I suppose I would because I can change Cause mid-game. Absolutely, yeah, to, absolutely, wouldn't yes. you? Um, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the third character they revealed, since I've talked about the other two, oh, right. um, is uh, the most exciting one. Uh, his name is uh, Genji, and he is um, the uh, nin- cybernetic ninja brother of uh, the samurai archer that we've already discussed, Hanzo. Uh, and so he is a shuriken-throwing and sword-wielding hero in a first-person shooter. 
which uh-huh. makes me unreasonably excited. Uh, he can <laughs> deflect projectiles with his sword, because of course he can. Uh, his main attack is firing three shurikens like he's using a pulse rifle. Uh, and wow. He, uh, <laughs> Dang. Um, he, uh, his ultimate is just pulling out his sword and going ham on people. And it just sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, is his middle name Shinobi? Because it that's probably is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> his backstory is great too. He was like um, a ninja, and then he got seriously hurt in a battle with his brother, and like ended up with all these cybernetic implants, and was like, ah, I don't know what I am. Am I human? Until he found <laughs> what was brought him to the tutelage of a. Um, uh, Buddhist robot monk who is also a character in the game who taught him to love himself and accept who he is. Buddhist he's a badass ninja. He was always born to be. Monk. Let's yep. just yeah. take that in for a minute there. <laughs> a Buddhist robot yes. monk. Grasshopper, you need never hunger again. <laughs> well, that's because you don't eat, Master. You're a robot. I eat I, the glory of the universe, young one. I... <laughs> I require dumplings. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to do with that. Do, <laughs> do robots have souls? Can That's a robot achieve nirvana? Yeah. Apparently, so apparently the whole backstory of the game is that there was this robot uprising of by this evil AI, and once the humanity had defeated the evil robots, the ones that were left have you know kind of been wandering the earth, and this particular robot decided that he and all the other robots have souls, and that he was going to open his own monastery to teach the robots how to like find their inner humanity as robots. Yeah. Well, that's clearly Which the best thing ever. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> stories like that. It seems like they, that's my one frustration with MOBAs is there's so many side stories. I know. And the, it's like it's this hard to keep up with them all. Blizz- Do I need Blizzard to know this? Yeah, Blizzard has literally said like the stories will never appear in game. <laughs> We've written these amazing <laughs> things, backstory for all these characters. You will never encounter them. Yeah. Don't worry. But, about but that's it. both the genius <laughs> yeah. and the failing, right? Like on the one hand, you have all yeah. these amazing stories and, and they intrigue the mind and you're like, wow, that's really great. But then they don't actually have to do anything with them. <laughs> it's yeah. all up to you in your brain. A couple, <laughs> a couple of years ago, League of Legends was like, we're going to totally revamp our story so that it makes sense now. And I was like, why? No one cares. <laughs> story, yeah, really. You've got, a, you've got a game that exists to mash together like characters from different genres and you don't need to explain why. None of us Exactly, can. yeah. <laughs> Exactly, you know, because we all love Street Fighter yeah, exactly. for that incredible ex- story. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Everyone's really <laughs> yeah. hurting for someone to explain Street Fighter Mortal Kombat so that it would really make <laughs> yeah, sense. No hey, Mortal Kombat has a deep and understandable story. No, it doesn't. I was doesn't. never confused during those games. Never, except for all the time. No, it doesn't. <laughs> You're just saying that because Mortal Kombat is your favorite movie ever. It is my favorite movie ever because it's a great movie. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> you were too early on the I'm sorry. Sure. It's like you never even listened to this song. It's, it's like, it's like I don't <laughs> listen to the, the, the song over and over again every day. <laughs> See, I was about to do that, Foo, but I, because I knew I didn't you know exactly how the song went after <laughs> Mortal Kombat! <laughs> I, uh, I, I just kept my mouth shut and stayed in awkward silence because uh, I've already been made fun of enough during this podcast. <laughs> so, so <laughs> back in the day, I used to, you know, because this was when I was young, um, uh, I used to have a mixtape of all of my favorite songs. Um, and uh, Yeah, you did. The, I have 
I listened to that mixtape so much that it's burned into my brain what order the songs come in. So, like, the Mortal <laughs> Kombat theme finishes, and my brain will start singing It's the End of the World as You Know It by R.E.M. before I even can do anything. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa the hang on. The End of the World as We Know It is on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack? No. No. It's a mixtape. No, no, no. uh, oh, the mixtape. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. No. R.E.M. was not on the Mortal Kombat <laughs> I was gonna Although, soundtrack. the Mortal Kombat soundtrack is an amazing soundtrack. If you've never listened to it all the way through. The, ol- uh, yeah. but the only way that R.E.M. would have been on there is if they had somehow made a techno remix of <laughs> as we know it. I never realized that... how much EDM and Kung Fu would work well together until that movie. And then no one's ever done it again. Yeah. <laughs> what does that tell you? It's Man. That no one else has the genius and vision. I'm, I'm sure that's Anderson. what it is. <laughs> that, yeah, that Mortal Kombat is responsible for the eventual birth of dubstep. Because you remember those ninjas, uh, the robo ninjas had like speakers in their chests in oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat? Like, why don't they have a dubstep attack? Well, actually, that hilariously on topic, there is a uh, uh, DJ character in Overwatch. Oh yes, <laughs> he skates. Oh, he man. skates. Ar- he's a sport character. He skates around on rollerblades and uses sound waves attacks and uh, can either increase your healing or increase your speed. And also, just happens to be, of course, a black eye with dreads. Right? What? No. <laughs> Wow, that's he's not he's not from Rio de Janeiro. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, Mark, what the hell were you going to talk about? Um, so I have a combo one. Okay. I was going to talk about uh, how they want there. So there was that um, that poor guy who is dying and wanted to see the Star Wars film early, and. And got to, and, and then the amazing. second part was yeah. that he was that they actually made it happen. But we wrote a huge article about it. And everyone should go read it because it was really nice. Yeah, Melissa wrote a really really good article about that. You can still see it on our website. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to talk uh, yeah. about just the fact that it's nice to see something happening on the internet that was um, heartwarming and you know spoke to the better things in mankind. <laughs> the internet yeah. is, is a is a collective consciousness of humanity. And sometimes the collective consciousness comes together to do wonderful things, and sometimes it comes together to be shitty to people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the yeah. story of humanity as a whole. It is. Yeah. It's just <laughs> disappointing how often that, you know, we have stories about, I don't know, just some random lady saying that she doesn't like a video game or something, and then being, like, swatted by a whole bunch of <laughs> just yeah. ravening dick bags. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the internet is filled with those kind of people, you know that there are probably hundreds of people out there who are thinking right now, well, gee, wish I had cancer. <laughs> they're thinking that. They are terrible. Right now they're thinking that because they, they are. The, I mean, there is something about the internet that brings out the worst in people sometimes. I mean, trust me, working for a newspaper and seeing the comments that people leave oh, on our gosh. stories. There are some dark, terrible people out there. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, what What I was actually thinking is, who I feel the worst for, is that there's probably other dying Star There probably are. There that is true. Who are yeah. now like, shit, I should have thought of this. Exactly, and now yeah. now I can't do it. <laughs> exactly. That was, in, in the way my brain was working, I, I'm always kind of... The, I'm always thinking, well, what comes next? And I was wondering about that. You know, what, what the Star Wars people had to do to... Uh, to ensure that this story was legit and that they didn't get overwhelmed with requests, you know, yeah. I mean, because we all know about the, uh, the, like the, 
you know, same thing, the a same similar thing happened with the Harry Potter uh, series. There was a girl who had a terminal disease and w- knew she wouldn't be around to finish how the story w- ended, you know, all the way to the end. Uh, and so contacted J.K. Rowling and and she allegedly talked to her and told her what was going to happen through the rest of the story. And uh, after the girl passed away, uh, Rowling wrote her in to uh, Goblet of oh, Fire. Oh, that's right. I remember. Uh, yeah. And, and, oh, you know, she no. was uh, her name was sorted into Gryffindor, you know. That's uh, the, awesome. Yeah. That's, the, you know, it's yeah. always the the first uh, of that. But then, you know, some other people get the idea. Yeah. And how do you how do you tell those people no? And, you know, I, I and also the thing about the guy who got to see Star Wars, I the amount of NDAs and oh, yeah. oh, they sure. must have had him. So, you know, so any good feeling that he got must have been tromped down by, you know, the the, the threat of all of legal action of anything. I'm just I wonder how many pieces of paper he had to sign just to see that and just. And that probably, you know, the uh, the act of a company protecting its creative interest would probably have sucked any humanity out of that story also. So That's really depressing and sad. I prefer yeah, instead I'm, to I'm... think <laughs> that J.J. Uh, Abrams just showed up with, like, the DVD and is like, I'm going to sit here and watch it with you, and then I'm taking it home with me. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. That, I don't think I don't think JJ yeah. Abrams did that. No, I'm sure I know. I'm sure there was. Exactly. There was yeah, I'm sure there were things. I, I, honestly, like if I, I'm sure like a member of his family watched it with him too. But like if I were that member of the family, I wouldn't go spoil it because that would ruin the magic of the moment that I had with my you know family member and his last days. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm yeah. sure they did have to sign some I'm things, sure. but I doubt it was like you know a draconian process. Yeah, and, and getting advance uh, warning of something like that, you know, seeing something in advance can actually be a terrible situation to be in. Uh whenever the third season of Lost came out, uh I was watching screeners uh review copies on ABC and so oh. like uh, yeah, I was able to watch the first 5 episodes before the first one was aired. <laughs> And knowing what was going to happen and then knowing that there was that mid-season break coming. And, and then, you know, everybody in the newsroom who watches Lost, I, I couldn't talk with them about it because oh. they hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, can you believe the Sawyer? Can you believe the game? Oh, man. Yeah. It was just uh, my wife and I, we were able to talk to each other about it because uh, we were doing a Lost-related column at the time. But, but that was it. We couldn't talk to anybody else about it. And <laughs> so when you have that kind of knowledge, it's it, it can be a burden in and of itself. Still, the, I mean, the, the story is fantastic, though, because that hashtag was not around for long. Uh, the, the thing that impressed oh, yeah. me about it was that um, was that Abrams and Disney responded quickly. Well, it got uh, to yeah. what happened. Yeah, the way the story of those it, words right? was, yep, the, the way that story worked was, mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, the tag started. Enough people saw it to start broadcasting it. Uh, I'm sure 500 people each tagged Mark Hamill and John Boyega, and they retweeted it. Yeah. And then all the news sites picked up on, well, Mark Hamill and John Boyega want this to happen, so why hasn't it happened yet? And immediately Disney was like, look, it's happened! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> if they'd waited any longer, it would have started being like, why isn't Disney doing this? Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. And you know that anything like this would have had to be handled by a press relations uh, yeah, department sure. sometime, and uh, the, those departments are usually not. 
they, they, they don't follow uh, things like logic and common sense. Uh, so the you know you it, at this time it happened quickly and it was good to see. You know I, I was that it was it well, was heartening every, to know, see how quickly it happened. Every now and then you get things like um, Disney feeling that they have to sue a daycare center for having their their characters on the wall without permission yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's nice to see lawyers just being like, no, we have to take care of this. Yeah, let's do it. Pretty good much. Thing. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, they're just getting better at these things, though, because it does seem like not you know every big thing that comes out, but quite often when these larger sort of franchises something starts happening like this, it happens that because yeah. I mean, let's face it, there's when you're big Lots enough and there's millions of people <laughs> that enjoy your, the thing that you're making. Yeah, there's people. There's going to be somebody dying in that group. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's my my favorite story it's of Earth. those um, that occurred. Uh, there was an old woman who um, contacted Stephen King back before Dark Tower was finished, where she was like, "Look, you know, I think I've you know I'm very old. I think I've got like another year or two to live. Can you just you know pull a J.K. Rowling and tell me what happens?" And his response was, "No, I can't because I don't know what happens." Oh God! Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stephen yeah, he uh, he only finished that series because after he got into a really awful car accident, two fans came up to him and deciding and were like, "Look, man, this is really harsh, but do you think you could finish that before you die?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "You know, that's a, you're right. That's a good point. Let me sit down and get this bang down." <laughs> and of course, he did it in the space of an afternoon because Stephen King just yeah. writes that fast. Yeah. So nobody has thought to use this strategy on George R. R. Martin yet. Oh no, Come they on. have. He gets real pissed if you say that to him. Oh God! Apparently, oh, about he's, him he's, dying? He's, you mean he's gone, or, or uh, somebody... he's gone on record by saying, "Yeah, he's yeah. gone on record saying that nothing makes him angrier than fans asking him to finish it before he dies." Which I'm like, <laughs> dude. I, speaking as a fellow fat guy with all the health problems I have for being fat and you're old, mind you, yes. it's not unfair to say well, that you should write yeah. a little faster. It's not unfair not to suggest he should write faster, but it's also kind of like, dude. Fuck you, man. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> trying to live my yeah. life over here, would you? Like, yeah. George but still, R. R. it's been what? not your bitch. Yeah, he isn't. I really isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's still, it's been what? Six years? Uh, six or seven years and counting? I, I don't read the series, so I'm not in the holding pattern that fans of the series are. I think... Uh, but it has been a long, long time. Well, I think because what... No, I, actually, I think they... he What ended up having there's a huge... Um, pause because he wrote two back to back, basically, right? Uh, and then I, I don't so, know. Yeah, like when the HBO show started, he kind of cranked out a couple really quick, and then was like, eh, "That was hard. I'm going to go back to doing what uh, I was doing." I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, even the people. It, it's funny to listen to the different levels of Game of Thrones fans because there's people who you know are desperately waiting for the next book because they fell in love with it because of the show and are reading the books now. But then there's the people who read the books when they first started coming out in the 90s and are like, "I, you know nothing of patience. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so apparently the first three novels came out from 91 to 2000, which is, you know, yep. one every three years or so. That's pretty good. Wow. And then he paused for 11 years. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, wow. That's why I'm glad the only epic fantasy series I'm reading is by uh, Brandon Sanderson, because Sanderson does not stop writing for anything. He he is a robot. That's he, his his breaks from writing are writing. <laughs> oh no, hold, hold on. It wasn't that long. I lied. It wasn't eleven years. It was like five years. Okay, but whatever. Okay, still. 
Yeah, five is probably the same as eleven. At some point, he went on a podcast and explained that the reason he hadn't finished a book in a while was because he was so depressed about Bush winning the election. (laughs) (laughs) It just it just sucked his will to live out. And this is a guy who writes the shit that he writes. I know. (laughs) It's so it's so funny to think of George R. R. Martin as like a nice, personable human being, given what he writes. (laughs) Well, yeah. Every time I see him in interviews, and he's so like jolly and jovial. I have to say though, I sorry. No, finish finish what you're saying. I I was. It's just it's just very surprising. I always expect him to be this like dark, bitter old man because of all of the murder and rape and horribleness that occurs and on his watch. Yeah. And I think, you know what you, you will actually find is, and I'm, I'm saying this as someone who, okay, so I wrote, uh, I, I, I write, but I wrote um, some comics for our Toronto comic anthology that we have around here in Toronto. You should include that shit in your intro, bro. You're not just a guy. You're a comic book author. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. There's your title. Co- yeah. Comic book guy. No, wait. Oh. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I, if you talk to me here, I'm fairly light and fluffy i don't know if you've noticed i'm yeah but uh both stories i wrote were like really dark and depressing and i was like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> like what's going on here and I, I think the people who who really get into art and do it that way they get all that shit out that way and then afterwards they're like, yeah. you know i feel better I'm, I'm gonna go have ice cream yay yeah <laughs> yeah i, I, I think it's get true that. Yeah. I I um I have a different experience when I'm writing. When I write really sad and horrible things, I tend to feel really bad oh, for like you went a couple there. of hours afterwards. Because you actually <laughs> go there with them. I yeah. do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I go there when I'm reading things too, which is why I don't really read stuff like Game of Thrones. Like I I, I read Game of Thrones and I got all the way up to the Red Wedding and then I, I realized that as I was I was just being generally a jerk for the the month and a half that I've been reading those books because I was in such a depressed mood all the time because like god damn it Jon Snow and Bran were in the same castle on opposite sides <laughs> why aren't they talking to each other right and then I heard something else happened at the Red Wedding uh yes many things happened. that wasn't that yeah. wasn't at the Red that Wedding that might have been depressing that was that scene I was mentioning was before the Red Wedding but anyway yes. yeah I so so, so it's it... possible that maybe just you know George Martin is one of those people who's just like Hmm. I think I'm gonna have another mutilation right now. Yeah. Um, this person, yeah. They. How about an eyeball? Okay. Cool. Now uh, I think I'm gonna go get some dim sum. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes off and is like, "Oh, pineapple rice, yay!" Yeah. <laughs> I'm just assuming he likes food because everybody likes food, but maybe that's not fair. Food. Food is great. I I have had food before, and I can tell you. That sometimes it's delicious, sometimes not. I'm waiting to get my review copy of food so that I can (laughs) really tell you how it is. I feel really strongly about this food, but I have to. I've had a long relationship with it. Uh, I think food food classic was an excellent item, but I think food food priv really just seems very. Oh god, yeah, the food food priv tastes like shit. It's terrible. Do not food in the priv. Just <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you food, and then you priv. Oh, full circle. <laughs> yep. Man, yeah, that's, that was that's great. planning yeah. right there. We're we're good exactly. at this podcasting thing. Yes, priv. All right, well, folks, 
Thank you for joining us on the Geekly Roundup. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you tuned into our extra live stream yesterday. If not, you can check it out on YouTube over the next couple of days. Um, and the donations will still be open. So if you want to help sick children, and if you don't want to help sick, chil- sick children, what the hell is wrong you? with you? Uh, <laughs> come and check out our... our uh, go to theaceofgeeks.net for all the information on how you can donate. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at the Ace of Geeks, or at Ace of Geeks. Uh, Instagram at Ace of Geeks on Facebook, the Ace of Geeks podcast. No, just the Ace of Geeks now. God, it's early in the morning. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, like I said, aceofgeeks.net for all your lovely needs. And our theme song is by the Y axes. I'm Mike. One of you say your name. Oh, I'm Joe. And I'm Priv. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. I loved you in Hunger Games. (laughs) I'm Mark. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.